Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Welcome back to the Discerning Gamer Podcast for another week. We are so happy to have you with us and we are absolutely firing on all cylinders tonight. As always, we've got some news about a couple of new TV shows coming to Netflix and Amazon that uh, based on some of our favourite video game franchises. We've got more news about the latest Nintendo Direct uh, coming straight to you. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got all sorts of stuff coming about some games coming out in the second half of the year. And we've also got our... Uh, our patented uh, best and worst games for mobile uh, novelty segment coming later in the show and uh, to bring you all that content i've got with me the dg crew i have the pc gamer the sultan of steam he's reached the pinnacle of the alp to swift but hasn't managed to find an active game on battlefield 2042 <laughs> it's fergus fergamon hamilton welcome to the show fergus uh jb thanks for having me mate yes oh, the struggle is real always a pleasure <laughs> Next, we've got uh, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. He wants more Michael Jackson inserted into his Sonic and feels oh empty God. without it. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Oh, thank you, JB. I know that Sonic would have it no other way but to have Michael and Jackson, Michael and Jackson, Michael Jackson inserted back into him as rightfully as he should. Be. Wow! <laughs> did did I just hear you call him Michael Injection? <laughs> Michael Injection. Yeah, that, that was the title. Of- <laughs> wow! First one of the night. Fired already. <laughs> Unbelievable. Michael, oh. injection inserted into Sonic. You heard it here first. <laughs> Yum. Finally, we have the Nintendo Queen happily mansplaining the mechanics of how a seesaw works to anyone who will listen. It's Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C. Mac. Thank you, Joel. I, I went on a seesaw this week with my kids, so now I know even more how a seesaw works in real life. Stay tuned for Casey's book, The Art of the Seesaw, coming later. Next well, week, uh, swings. Well, I, I hope we're going to get a review of the latest uh, seesaw from you. You fucking what, man? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, in order to, to kick things off tonight, I, I want to cover a bit of news that I saw uh, on IGN, our good friends at IGN. Um, they've brought a oh, bit do you know of, someone there, Joel? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, phoned him up today and uh, he was their, uh, their comment. <laughs> As per usual, never fail to take my call over there at IGN from the Discerning Gamer podcast. 
<laughs> We've got uh, the news on the Horizon TV series, which appears oh. to be called Horizon 2074, which is likely to be a big clue as to the story that they're going to be telling. So PlayStation's Horizon TV series will seemingly be called Horizon 2074, indicating that it's partly set during the fall of civilization that takes place 1,000 years before the game. So we're talking about uh, the period of time where you've got Elizabeth Sobeck and Ted Farrow and oh, all wow. of these, these uh, you know, significant um, characters in the game who, who play such a big role in the game's lore but aren't actually sort of uh, uh, you know, present during the events of Horizon Zero Dawn. And um, uh, so the name of the TV series was shared alongside a crew listing on the Directors Guild of Ontario website, matching reports from Jeff Grubb, who shared the listing. So there was a little quote here from uh, from old Jeff on uh, Twitter. Uh, Reddit, it's boring. I'm not going to go into it. Um, the 2074 <laughs> date more or less matches up with the fall of civilization in the 21st century mentioned in the two PlayStation games, Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, uh, which dated slightly earlier in 2066. The actual story of the Horizon games takes place around 1,000 years later. Obviously, the story of Aloy and uh, all the events of Zero Dawn. So... um, I won't dig into it too much further because I know uh, Ferg hasn't uh, played Zero Dawn or Forbidden West, and um, not yet. <clears throat> they are absolute crackers of games, um, so you you want to get onto those uh, before diving into the TV show. But for sure, um, Sony announced that Horizon would be expanding into a multimedia franchise in May, alongside two other PlayStation game series, God of War and. Uh, amazingly, Gran Turismo. Mm. Oh. oh, what? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be like a Fast and the Furious type arrangement. You know, uh, I was going to say, isn't there already a Gran Turismo TV show? Is it called Top Gear? Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> you can imagine I'm when uh, when the Gran Turismo TV show was pitched to the the head of. Uh, PlayStation UK, his uh, response would have been something like, uh, You fucking what, mate? (laughs) Um, uh, Little else is known about the Horizon 2074 other than it's coming to Netflix. So about time Netflix had something something new worth watching. Uh, with well, with the exception of uh, well, sorry, I was going to say, sorry, guys, that's emotional. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's been a bit thin on the ground over at old uh, Netflix HQ, unfortunately. Stranger um, Things, John. Well, with the exception of yeah, all right. So you take away Stranger Things, and what do you got left? Um, yeah, fucking waste. Yeah, Stranger Things season know. five. Yeah, I hear there's some really good movies that nobody liked on there. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, in, uh, in some other news, um, the Fallout TV series continues to grow its cast, adding Twin Peaks's Kyle McLaughlin as well as Zelia Mendez-Jones and Aaron Moten to the cast. Uh, Variety reports that McLaughlin, Mendez-Jones and Moten will re- join the previously announced Ella Purnell and Walton Goggins 
Well, what a name, Walton Goggins. <laughs> Jeez, poor guy. Um, who is reportedly playing the lead role as a character, uh, and then in air quotes here, based on the ghouls. Uh, what a strange way to describe that, but yeah. Uh, Walter Goggins, based on the ghouls. Uh, no word yet on any of the roles for new cast members joining the production. McLaughlin is best known for his role as Special Agent Dale Cooper in Twin Peaks. He has starred in several other David Lynch films, uh, but has also been a mainstay on TV, uh, appearing in shows like How I Met Your Mother and playing the Mayor of Portland in Portlandia. Mm. So what are we thinking about about these these shows? Are we excited about uh, a Horizon show on Netflix and, you know, what it might mean? Oh, yeah. And you know what? I think we because we were talking about how um, you know games to TV should translate and and stuff a little while back on the show when we were talking about what games we think would do well on TV and movies. And I think this is the perfect way to bring a game franchise to television because it's telling a story that we know exists but that we haven't really seen much of. And I think that that's that's extremely important. I think it will just open up um, the whole story a lot more, especially because now we're playing um, uh, Forbidden West and seeing how the story is developing at the moment to see how that then fits in at the beginning of the timeline will be just unreal. I think oh, it's a it'll... really, really cool idea. Yeah. Well, right. as, as most people who would have played uh, any of the games in the Horizon franchise would know... Um, Horizon is set in a world that's sort of based after an apocalyptic event has happened. And so as you're exploring through the world, you're finding little holograms, little data pads and, and lots of things that sort of try and flesh out the history of what's happened a thousand years earlier that's caused the end of the world and, mm. and how, despite that, the world still manages to sort of persist on uh, after the fact, um, and it's that I'd say that is probably the strongest element of Horizon. The story for Horizon is amazing. Like if you set aside all the gameplay and any gripes you might have about you know whether Aloy can uh, easily climb up cliff faces and stuff like that, the, or whether or not she can act. Whoa! Oh, hang on. Simon. <laughs> Emotional damage. <laughs> I, I oh, that's pretty bad, though. I won't hear a bad word against uh, uh, Aloy. She's uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I got to say, the animators did better at making her face look more expressive it's in Forbidden West, but the, her voice she, hasn't changed. It's too bad that she couldn't do a better job of making her voice sound more expressive. <laughs> wow. Um, do I do it? No, I'm not going to play it again. That, that, that's still covered by your previous. You yeah. have to stop covered. playing the guy royalties. I, know. I need yeah. to. I need to get into these games. I know you mentioned at the top. I think oh, the first the game. Out. Yeah, I think the first yeah. game's on sale at the moment. The Steam sale for thirty bucks. So I'm going to buy that. Um, yeah. Play the first one at least, and then yeah, see what the fuss is about. But I know you guys yeah. love those games and said a lot about them, especially the story. So it'll be. Good to get a bit of background and see We're how it translates to the TV West show. We're loving Forbidden so much. We're doing all the side quests and we don't norm- We usually skip over kind of all the side questy stuff, but it's just so fun. We don't want it to end. The but now we can kind nice. of tell how big the game is. So we're like, oh, Christ. Yeah. We've only done the first tiny, tiny subordinate mm-hmm. function. So we're just like, oh. 
Anyway, I, yeah, yeah, I just I completely abandoned the side quests after after getting a, a, a very small way into Forbidden West and just went, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to plow straight through the main quest line. Yeah, just so that then See, I'm I was... not very I'm not very good, so we need to be as uh, strong as we can. We need we need yeah. all of the upgrades because I'm not very good. So I, I, need I, all the help I just I didn't get. want to be spoiled by anything I read online and that because yeah. there's people dropping spoilers about the story <laughs> elements and all that oh, all the time so yeah just uh beat him to it be careful um yeah the fallout tv series i mean oh i'm not getting a good feeling about this one mm. even with walter goggins coming on board well, with a name you know, that good they should just let his character be called walter goggins the, the gog's probably the only uh, element of the show that's actually bringing me some element of hope at the moment but Oh, I don't know. This is there's just too little detail. Mm. This character the lead role is a character based on the ghouls. I mean, mm. what's all that about? Mm. The lead character in Fallout has always been based on someone living in the vaults, you know. Yeah. It's always been a vault dweller story, you know. All the way back to Fallout One, you were a vault mm. dweller going out to find parts to repair the water purification. Yeah. Uh, system uh, Fallout 2 you were a descendant of the Vault Dweller and you had to go and find the Garden of Eden creation kit to save your village yeah. I mean Fallout 3 <clears throat> you start off as a Vault Dweller who yeah. you know, comes of age and then leaves the Vault they're all stories yeah. based on Vault Dwellers and now I mean yeah. Yeah. I don't know that, that's the way I'm sort of hoping they'll go is yeah there's the world's full of all these different vaults. They've all got their own unique stories. Surely somewhere in the, the law they can thread in vault number XX, whatever number, and just have that, you know, a story of a similar thing. Someone leaves the vault for whatever reason and, yeah, goes out into this post-apocalyptic world and, you know, has a fun time surviving. Yeah. I don't know. I, if it's based around a ghoul, though, that, that sounds a bit worrying. But again, it's yeah. still very early. We'll hopefully get a few more details. I hope they do a good job of it because, um, mm. yeah, I'd, I'd hate to be uh, roaming through the streets afterwards, uh, you know, giving them... Shame. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd hate to be, be having to do that to, uh, you know, Amazon... Uh, giving him the old uh, shame bell. Anyway, uh, the Fallout <laughs> TV series is set to begin production later this year with Westworld's Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy set to serve as executive producers. Uh, you've got Geneva, Robertson, Dwaret, and Graham Wagner, uh, executive producers and showrunners, and Bethesda director Todd Howard. Mm. Uh, Todd the God uh, is God also uh, an executive producer. Mm. Um, I, th- I think... By them having the Westworld guys on board, that fills me with some optimism that they're going to do yeah, a good job I mean, because that's a fantastic show and, you know, very unique in the way that it, you know, story and how it's delivered. So, Video game franchises are the flavor of the month at the moment for streaming services because you've even got, you've also got HBO developing The Last of Us TV show, mm-hmm. which uh, I think has wrapped production. So, mm-hmm. won't be long uh, before that, that uh, you know, uh, comes out. And uh, in the meanwhile, Bethesda is busy working on its next game, Starfield, while also in the early stages of the next Elder Scrolls game. So this means a new Fallout game might be further out and will likely not be done before the TV series hits Amazon. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or whether they're going to 
I mean, you'd think tying in a new Fallout game with the launch of the TV series would make more sense. It would seem to be the right move, but, uh, you know, what would I know? Timing. Timing was a bit tricky. The ball's hardened. <laughs> That's that's about the extent of what I know. Uh, so anyway, that's that's my rant about uh, video game TV shows. Let's throw over to uh, Simon for uh, for some uh, news on uh, Nintendo Direct Money. Yes, yes, yes. Have you have you seen any of this? Have you heard about this? Anybody seen this? Uh-huh. I know you have. <laughs> um, Nintendo Direct. Nintendo. Nintendo came out earlier this week, pissed everybody off, and announced a Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase, something that, that, that kind of came out um, during the pandemic at the very, very start because they had nothing to show. So they put out these partner showcases to be like, here are the third-party games coming to Nintendo, and it just really pissed everyone off. And I, I'm going to admit, I was very um highly emotional when i heard that there was going to be a partner <laughs> showcase um it's you know, almost uh, today um, i i sincerely if i can just initially, um, my first initial thought was this is going to be bullshit if, if i can just jump in for a second simon it's almost like uh nintendo Sorry, yeah. nintendo went uh, uh you know is there any way that uh, you know we can make a Nintendo Direct less interesting with less content and and more boring and and uh, sort of yeah, obnoxious for our for our fans? And uh, Nintendo have gone well. Hold my beer, you know? <laughs> and uh, this, this is what they've delivered. Anyway, yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's exactly what it feels like. And when it was announced, I, I think just the whole of the internet just broke. Um, yeah. You know, it was just kind of like, this is terrible. I'm not going to watch this, blah, blah, blah. But, and there is a big but here, this was actually kind of good. It was the, the best of... You're only saying that because when you got home, I told you, I actually really liked it. Because I went, hadn't had a chance to look at any of it today. You said this morning that you watched some of it and you didn't I really like it. I watched two seconds of it and there was nothing good shown okay. yet. So <laughs> don't eat my radish. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so <laughs> um, the best of probably the worst kind of presentations we could get. Um, here's just a, a little list of some of the games that were shown off. So Near Autonomous coming to Switch. Uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the Near Autonomous series. Uh, that will be making its way over to Switch, which, um, again, I couldn't care about. But, hey, it's good for, you know, look, I'm just going to bring it. I'm going to bring it back. These kind of presentations are good for anyone whose main console at home is a Nintendo Switch and they don't really care about the graphical fidelity of their games. Really, it's great. This is great news because it means you get to play all the games everybody else is playing on your Switch. So thumbs up. But for people like us who do like our games to look as good as they possibly can, I don't play third-party games on Switch, but it's not to say there wasn't anything good here. Um, Super Bomberman R2 was announced as well. Now, Super Bomberman R was um, a launch title for the Switch and um, a really cool game. I, I like right. I like Bomberman. I like Super Bomberman R. The story mode was pretty rank, but the multiplayer was a lot of fun and it promises to show some you know, improvements on the story mode and some improvements in multiplayer. There's a couple more varied modes. So it might be a really fun game. 
you know, it's, it, I, I'm a diehard fan of Bomberman, so I really uh, hope that once we see a little bit more of this game that it, it kind of gets some decent reviews and kicks some goals. Um, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection was announced. Um, so Mega Man Legacy Collection came out a little while ago, just had some of the original Mega Man games all bundled together um, in a nice little package. They're doing the same thing with the Battle Network series of Mega Man games. Um, I think they were uh, Game Boy Advance games from memory. So um, it's cool for any fans of the Mega Man series. Um, again, not for me, but uh, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's somebody that's really excited about that, especially um, Game Boy Advance games. There's just so many good games on the Game Boy Advance and, and to take advantage of bringing them to modern platforms is really, really smart. Um, we got to see a little bit more of Sonic Frontiers. So we actually got a little first look at oh, cyberspace fuck levels. Um, <laughs> Please, no, no. Only two se- I'm only two seconds on this. No. Two seconds on it. We, we got a little first look at the cyberspace <clears throat> levels that show a little bit more of the modern Sonic 3D stages that we're used to seeing in previous Sonic games. So um, that was a little bit interesting. Yeah, it was about not, a one second yeah, thing. Yeah, not getting any better. No, I mean, it, it was running on Switch, so... Again, no, but it's if you'd care about the graphical fidelity of your games, you'll buy them elsewhere. Um, Return to Monkey Island got a little bit of a trailer in there that I thought you'd be all over, JB. Oh, yeah. Um, So so that was really cool. Uh, Really interesting to see Return to Monkey Island pop up there. It's looking really nice. So um, hopefully fans of that series will be pretty pleased with that. I've got got high hopes for that one, Simo. Really high hopes for, for that for yeah. that game and the fact that they brought back Ron Gilbert and all the people that made the originals because um, they just did such a good job of it back in the day, back back when they were all under the, the LucasArts banner. So I, yeah. I cannot wait for that one actually. Mm. Yeah. It's good when, when a company brings back a dream team and then makes like the impossible possible. It's really, really cool. Um, Persona 3, 4 and 5 are coming to Switch. So, um, I mean, obviously... Persona is just, it's growing and growing as, as a franchise. People love that franchise. Number five is just, mwah, even though I've only played about 10 hours of it, which is probably, you know, not even a sixth of the game. But, you know, it's um, a really fun and cool game, great style and great um, battle system and, and RPG elements in there. So really good for Persona to be coming to more platforms. Um, there's a game from Square Enix that's been announced called Harvestella. Uh, which is just like an action-adventure RPG harvesting simulator. Um, it's by Square Enix, so I have the hopes very, very little for that one. Looks really cool, but uh, it just kind of looks like there will be lots of side quests of somebody saying to me, oh, my cabbage is not growing. Please get me five berries. And then uh, <laughs> I'll be out there getting five berries for 10 hours, and that's pretty much the brunt of the game. I can just see it now. Well, um, uh, just, just on that, Simon... Uh, um, I reached out to Square Enix about Harvestina uh, uh, just just during the week last week, just to see if we could get wow. some uh, some insight mm. into the game. And and uh, mm-hmm. and Square Enix actually sent back. They said, uh, "Look, we haven't got a lot to show you at the moment, but we'll give you a little sample of some some in-game audio. Uh, you know, just just for you to Ooh. use on your podcast. You know, podcasting oh, wow, wow. being an audio medium and all." And uh, so uh, uh-huh. uh, here's, here's the latest uh, side quest from Harvestina. Wake up, mommy. I just pissed the bed. <laughs> mm. 
baffling. What the fuck, John? <laughs> <laughs> is that from like Newcomb Forever or something? Is that is that was that is that what that's ripped from? It's from Harvest Stella. It's from Harvest yeah. Stella. It's not from Harvest Stella. I'm sure you that much. It got directly from it. Oh, uh, that wow! If that is the real, if that's the real audio, JB, that is going to be one Good absolute Harvest Stella of a game. Okay, Harvest Stella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Far out. Oh wow! Um, uh, look, uh, we also we also got a, a little bit more information on um, Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope too, which more is coming uh, tomorrow for us to be excited about. Um, I don't know if you ever played it, Joel, but it's it's like an XCOM style Mario game with the rabbits included. I, I would have initially thought that the rabbits would be a bit weird in a game like this, but the the blending of the two works really well. It's just a super fun, it's really fun, really funny game as well, and um, lots of great challenge involved in it as well. This one's got a bit of a change up on the dynamic where you can move the characters freely throughout the board within a certain move limit, um, which looks interesting. Hopefully, it's still heavily strategic and and. Um, offers the same sort of great gameplay loop that the first one did, but with a with a little bit extra. Um, but that looks great. But my pick of the whole show was a game called Belonk. Um, now, this is a game about... Uh, it's a story about a wolf cub and a fawn that need to work together in the snow um, to basically, uh, you know, discover puzzles or fix... What do you call it? What do you call it when you do a puzzle? Do puzzles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> solve them. Solve puzzles. They're going to work together to solve puzzles and, and navigate through the snow. Um, and it just looks entirely black and white. Yeah, it looks super mm. cute. Um, but also, it just um, there was just something about it. it just looked magical. I'm really excited for that game. Um, that was my pick of the whole show. Um, really, really cool. But really nice to see Mario turn up in a in a you know Nintendo Direct partner showcase anyway in the form mm. of that. Unreal, only only good Ubisoft game coming out in about thirty years. Um, well, hang on. <laughs> oh, no, damn it! What about what about what? Assassin's Creed Odyssey? <laughs> yeah, about no, Origins. That was your favourite. Was the only good one, um, and then this one. So uh, Mario Plus Black, Rabbids. So what about, what about Black Far Cry Six? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. Come on, mate. Nah, nah. All Get right. out. Didn't enjoy him. Ubisoft down the down the <laughs> toilet into this bucket. The ball's hardened. That's <laughs> for you, Ubisoft. We love you. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, uh, Casey has some awesome picks of the show as well, don't you, Casey? Well, what did a, you like? Yeah, well, it sounded like you just said everything, Not but quite, there was no. actually a couple more that I really had my eye on. Pac-Man World repack. It's called. So it is a remake of Pac-Man World, which was originally released on the PS1. And it mm. looks like, I don't know, have any of you guys played Pac-Man World? No, I can't uh, say that I not, have. Not uh, talk us through no. it. What can we expect in Pac-Man World? It, it's sort of a platform. I don't know. It, it's kind of like a Crash Bandicoot platformer with Pac-Man, but also a puzzle game a puzzly platformer that's what you mm, call it cool. and it looks really cute looks really fun the fact that it's already been released before gives me hope that it's not too bad if it's getting a remake it's getting a remake yeah mm. and, can't be yeah that bad so that's mm. um pac-man world repack 
what a <laughs> what a stellar title. Nice. What a title. Yeah. Um, of course, Mario and Rabbits as well, which I was really excited for. Um, there was a game that cool that was called The Legend of Wright. Um, that's W-R-I-G-H-T. Don't know why that makes a difference, but um, and it's it's a storybook, or so someone's doodles in a drawer in a book. So wow. it's their sort of someone's uh, <laughs> someone's, <laughs> someone's, <laughs> someone's doodles. Kind of doodles. Hey? Second, I said it. It's like Jonah drawing dicks in Superbad, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much, it's somebody's drawings, drawing doodlings in a book, and each page is about two hundred pages, I think they said, and each page is a is a level. So it could be similar to Scribble Noughts, where you've got to write words in order to make things show up on the page or you've got to erase parts of the page. You've got to use calculators to do math equations. You've got to, yeah, I don't know, it's sort of a where's Wally as well, certain pages. So I think it's a really diverse kind of puzzle game as well. So that looked like something that I would be really interested in. Um, I was interested in Harvest Stella and then Simon told me, he didn't think so, and now he's brainwashed me to feel like it's not going to be good. So. It's from Square Enix. It's from Square Enix. <laughs> Come on, you know, Harvestella. Name you, a- you, know, you, you remember Harvestella? Wake up, yeah. Mom. <laughs> I just pissed the bed. <laughs> it, sa- it's, it sounds like a real hoot. Sounds like, sounds sounds like Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Is that from Cyberpunk 2077? Uh, no, no, it's from Harvestella, Harvestella. Where you can customize the player's oh, pubic hair wow. and uh, 100% you know, that's from... insert uh, you know implants into the the player's arms and ocular cavities and anyway, I'd be interested. Anyway, and the very very last game that I was noteworthy was called Lorelei and the Laser Eyes, and it looks like a pu- another puzzle game. But it's sort of a murder mystery puzzle top-down game where you've got to go through different rooms and solve puzzles. So is this uh, <laughs> based on the character Lorelei from uh, the Gilmore Girls? Is that uh... unfortunately no? It doesn't. Well, you never know. She could be the dead one. Who knows? Where you wow. mean? Uh, I will find emotional damage. Did you tell me the truth? <laughs> There goes the entire uh, budget of the podcast in uh, music rights uh, for the rest of the year. I don't think no, any we, didn't, we didn't actually play the song, so it's fine. Even no. though I did do a very true-to-life rendition of it just now. No, hopefully that'll all fall under fair use, I, I'd, I'd suggest. Yeah. So, uh, so was the Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase uh, a complete waste of time, or was it was it actually half decent? Was was it worth watching? In my opinion, it was worth watching. I think you know, like I said uh, at the very start, I think it was probably the best of the worst kind of presentation. Because I mean, <laughs> with no Get offense, off the any fence, of Simon. the third party companies that appear on <laughs> Nintendo Switch. I do not buy a Nintendo platform to play third-party games on it because they will, A, never run as good. B, they'll always have some kind of concession to it because it's had to be made on a Nintendo platform. And um, they always come out about three years later than every other game too. So you're essentially playing an old game. 
Um, but it, it's it's just never quite as good. So I'd always get it on the superior hardware. So I'd get on the PS5. But I think, like I said, for the amount of people that would have this system as their one system at home, this is awesome news for them. And it's really good news because it just means that you are included in the in the amount of people that can actually still enjoy these games without having the top tier of hardware. And I think that that's still a positive to come out of it, even though I'd much prefer to see a, like a new Donkey Kong and a new Mario mm. and all that kind of stuff. I think it's it's still a big positive. Yeah, for sure. I, I had a similar just to not be a parrot and just repeat everything you just said, Simo. But when I saw it as well, I was like, oh, all these remakes, like who's... Who wants to play Persona on their Switch? You know what? Like, mm. surely they've got a PlayStation or a PC. And I actually did some googling because that's where you go to find all the answers in life. And I found <laughs> an article that was probably a few years ago, and it was from America, and they said that forty percent of Switch owners in the US have got another console. So that means that sixty percent of Switch owners in the United States don't have anything else. Um, yeah, wow. So that sort of surprised me. I thought it would have been you know, closer to 100%, to be honest. But, you know, so for those people that have got the Switch and just the Switch, it's, yeah, it's great that these games are porting across because there's a bigger bigger market than what I actually realized in my own ignorance. So, yeah, for those players, it's good. But, again, if you've got a PlayStation or a PC, it probably doesn't mean too much. If you're going to go and play Persona, you'll play it on, like you said, some of the superior hardware. But, yeah. Well... PlayStation and Nintendo Switch owners in America. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Ferg, uh, what have you got for us? You've got some news on games coming out in the second half of the year. What have we got? Well, what I thought I'd do, JB, because believe it or not, we are halfway through the year. Where has those six months gone? Don't fucking remind me. It's uh, flying by. The year's flying. So what I thought I'd do is maybe just for our listeners just give them a bit of a heads up on some of the cool games that are set for release in the next month so being july and and yeah some of the games are going to kick off the second half of the gaming calendar so before we get into the second half there's a game coming out tomorrow actually um well some dlc coming out tomorrow and i know one of the dg crew is very excited about this game and one is not very excited about this game and that mm, is wonder Cup- what it could be cuphead the delicious last course is out to out tomorrow Christ. yes lick it <laughs> so yeah we got to see some of the boss gameplay at the summer games fest it it looks more of the same which is just awesome so yeah i'm stoked for you steely that one's out tomorrow i can't wait to hear your thoughts on that one um mm. Moving oh, in, I can already read the thoughts in Steely's <laughs> mind. Uh, the balls harden. <laughs> you hear the fucking, you hear the reverb on that fart? It's like someone farted yeah, in, the in a yeah in an echo it's, chamber. It's like they, they farted in a in a giant empty church or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so moving into the second half of the year july 1st we've got the new formula one game by codemasters titled f122 i'm not a huge racing fan but this game looks incredibly beautiful and from what i'm reading and and you know everything i've heard about it sounds like they're going for a full overhaul of the franchise so um some pretty cool features coming to this one one that stood out was this thing that dubbing adaptive ai which is a basically a feature that It'll tailor the experience to your level experience. So if you're a beginner, uh, you know, an absolute novice of this game, 
by playing the game, it'll work out your skill level and it'll tailor the AI drivers around you to sort of match your skill level, which I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's going to be some improvements, to obviously, the career and my team modes. And, and lastly, for the PC gamers, which I think is super exciting, is that it's going to be fully compatible in VR. So you're going to get free reign on PC to basically customize everything to get what's going to be the most ex- immersive um, racing experience. So that one's out on July the 1st. Following that, and I should just note, I'm not listing every single game that's coming out in July. These are just some picks <laughs> and things that I think are worth noting. There's a lot of games coming out, but these are just some ones that I thought might be uh, noteworthy. Coming on the 19th of July is a game called As Dusk Falls, which personally for me, I'm really looking forward to this one. We saw this one at the Microsoft Bethesda Showcase. Um and I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks back, but basically it's an original interactive drama from Interior Night that explores the in- entangled lives of two families across 30 years, starting in 1998 when a robbery gone wrong. So starting in 1998 with a robbery gone wrong in small town Arizona, the choices you make have a powerful impact on characters' lives and an uncomprising story of betrayal, sacrifice, and resilience. So, sounds looks- a bit like um, Detroit. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, if you've ever played that, um, yeah, I have played that game and I really enjoyed that one. So, yeah, from what I've seen of it, it's got a really cool sort of painted um, action comic book aesthetic to it, um, which is obviously interactive choices matter. And there's been a few previews out, and it's interesting you should bring that one up, Joel. Some of the feedback that this game's been getting and people are commenting on that at the end of each level, you get that that big tree which sort of shows all the different branches of the stories, which, you know, where you sit in the whole thing and just how many different... And I thought it was a sh- super cool feature in, in Detroit. Mm. So that one lives in As Dust Falls. So that one's out on the 19th. And for all of the uh, Game Pass owners out there, that's going to be available day one, which is super cool. On the same day, July the 19th, a, a game we've talked about numerous times on the podcast is Stray coming to playstation pc um so i know we're all pretty excited about that one um if you missed the other conversations basically you play as i think he's an unnamed or he or she is an unnamed cat in a dystopian world run by robots where the main story line i suppose is you're trying to get home to your family um so the gameplay looks like it's going to consist of some platforming puzzles exploration and i'm i'm sure there's going to be some kind of combat mechanics involved in the game so um yeah that one looks really super interesting um i think you mentioned last week as well joel anyone that's subscribed to the playstation plus extra or deluxe tiers will get access to that one um day one as well so that's pretty cool um one other one that i saw which i only recently have come across is coming out on the 18th of july and this one's called bear and breakfast which is coming to PC and Switch. Um, and basically, the blurb of the game is, Bear and Breakfast is a laid-back management adventure game where you play as a well-meaning bear trying to run a bed and breakfast in the woods. Hank and his friends find mm-hmm. an abandoned shack and equipped with their teenage ingenuity, turn it into a money-making bed and breakfast scheme for unsuspecting tourists. So, looking at the trailer and the gameplay, it looks like a combination between Stardew Valley in the sense that you're mm. basically starting with this rundown bed and breakfast and you're building it up. Um, cross between Animal Crossing where the world seems to be full of, you know, all these wonderful and quirky um, characters. And also got, not in the aesthetic and how it sort of plays, but 
there's going to be a big sort of customization sort of aspect to it as far as being able to take every single room of your bed and breakfast and make it however you want it. So sort of sims in that sense, very simish, being able to have full customizations of a room and, you know, how you want it to look. So that one looks kind of cool. And that one's coming at the end of the month. And um, what else we got here on my list? Ah, yes. 29th of July, a game that uh, I know, Simon, you're very excited about. We nearly had to gong you last week. You wouldn't uh, stop talking about it. I know Joel had some choice words as well about the people who love this game, and that's uh, Xenoblades Chronicles 3. It's coming out to the Nintendo Switch on the, on the 29th. Okay. You've reached your limit on talking. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Mark your calendars, guys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I actually don't know why I teed off about Xenoblade Chronicles last week, but... Uh... Anyway, no, continue, Ferg. What, what do we got? That was it. I just wanted to finish with that one. So that's that's what July's looking like. So there's a handful of games in there, um, which I think are worth looking at if you're looking for games to pick up. And like I said, one of them was on Xbox Game Pass and one was on, depending on what tier of PS Plus you've got, you'll be able to play that one for free as well. So, mm. hmm. And just reporting back to the DG crew, I um, played through a few hours of uh, Deliver Us the Moon. Mm-hmm. Shit! Don't don't bother. It's no uh, good. Nah, it's rubbish. Uh, they gave it a sequel. Yeah, yeah. I, I fucking deleted it. I didn't even bother wow. um, playing all the way through. It was just boring. Yeah, right. Uh, the gameplay was really clunky. The interface was clunky. I mean, it did have some, you know, some cool elements. Like um, there's a part when you sort of get into your rocket to launch to the moon, and you've got to activate all the switches and shit in your rocket cockpit in mm. a certain order to fire up systems and that that was cool and then after that the the game just fucking descended into into gaming <laughs> hell and uh, it was a case of before it's too late yeah mm. um so now nah, don't even bother uh, and I, I i dare say don't even bother with deliver us mars uh, i can already say right now it's going to be a uh, steaming turd. Yep. So uh, <laughs> take that as uh, emotional damage, if you like. Um, but yeah, absolute shit. Mm. Um, all right. Well, on that note, we decided this week we were going to have a look at some of the best and worst games for mobile. So this is anything that you play on your phone, on the go, you know, you take five five minutes for a break and, and duck into the shit house and, you know, whip the old phone out and have have a go at something, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and no, I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know... Uh, oh, my God, I think we know what you're talking about, mate. Candy Crush. I'm, I'm not talking about going into the shithouse to rub out a sneaky uh, sneaky one during your lunch break. I'm talking about... I was talking about Candy Crush. Yes, of course. <laughs> Rubbing out a, a secret Candy Crush uh, uh, yeah. during your lunch break. If that's what you call it, you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, what what we're talking about? What what games? Uh, what games have you got on your mobile phone that deserve to be recognised? Because some developer out there has genuinely put in the time and effort to make something really, really good. 
and not just a shameless fucking money grab like 99% of the shit that's on the app store that just bombards <laughs> you with mm. one ad after another or wants you to subscribe to a you know some subscription that costs you know 89.95 a month for you know some shit ass fucking game um so i'm going to kick off i'm going to kick off i'm going to kick off with with a game from uh from a developer they were they were a small little indie developer and um the first game that they brought out was called the room uh, and this was, uh, I mean, it was on iOS. I'm sure, I think it's on Android as well. Um, but oh, I'm just trying to see the the name of the developer for for that game. I think it's Fire Sprite Studios. Um, uh, Fireproof Studios. There we go. Um, so Fireproof Studios developed the room, and it was a, a story that basically was like uh, you had a, a puzzle box sitting on a table, and you had to sort of progressively work your way your way around the box, solving puzzles to sort of open the box up and get to whatever's in the middle. So they had this. Um, this storyline that sort of was arching over the top that there was, it was sort of set like, you know, turn of the 19th century. There's this scientist who's trying to discover that the, the mysterious fifth element after, you know, fire, water, air, earth, all of that. And he's trying to find this element called the null. And um, so he's, he's hidden the secrets to finding this element in this puzzle box. And so you work your way around, open all these, all these different, doors and traps and this that and the other and eventually you get to the null and and you know the the game sort of continues on and they've made uh, i think five entries in this series now so you had the room the room two the room three the room old sins and then they've made a version of it for vr which i haven't played because i don't have a vr and um and and every single game that they've released has just been an absolute corker, one after another. Uh, amazing games, and the fact that they're on mobile and you can carry it around with you in the palm of your hand, absolutely incredible. So, well done, Fireproof Studios, on an absolute masterpiece of a mobile game in the room. So, and they've kept uh, clear of the microtransactions and all that shenanigans as well. Yeah, well, I mean, the game you have to pay for. Um, yeah, for sure, and that's that's fair enough because they've they've put in the effort and mm-hmm. it's a it's a cool game um so yeah for you fireproof studios you get nice work <laughs> that doesn't make any sense <laughs> i really love your game but <laughs> then applause uh yeah soundbot I'll I'll have to queue up an applause, but uh, no, nah, definitely yeah, worth checking. That uh, that game is an absolute bloody perler. So well there done, it is. well yeah. done, fireproof. Nice work. I don't know why I thought the thwomp was uh, more appropriate, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Ferg, what do you got for us? What what what, what game deserves the uh, the gold medal? Um, well, look, I'll be the first to admit there's not a whole lot of mobile games that I've played in probably the last 10, 10 years for reasons you've already mentioned around the microtransactions and just 
getting bombarded with that stuff and also a short attention span with that stuff. But um, a couple of games that I've played a fair bit of recently, um, one old school RuneScape coming to mobile, fantastic. Really reliving my uh, high school years with that one. Um, Wordle is another one. It's obviously not an app, but a web-based game. That one gets a good run every day. Um, and the other one is oh. that I got to I've got to give a huge shout out to to my mum. She's a big fan of the big fan of the show. I'm sure she'll listen to this one as soon as it goes live. But she put not only me but the rest of the family onto a game called Word Connect. Now, Word Connect is pretty simple in its premise. You're basically dragging your finger around uh, the screen in order to build words. And in each level, you might have to put together a three-letter word, a five-letter word. And obviously, once you fill out the words, you go to the next level. But she's got us pretty well addicted to this game that we play pretty much every day. And when I say we, we've got our own team. So I'm going to give a shout-out to our team, Puma Pants. That's right. I poo my pants is the name of our team. <laughs> Wake up, mommy. I just pissed the bed. <laughs> and so the team in Puma Pants is made up of five people. She's got the whole, they've got a family team going and pretty much all of us, for the most part, play pretty much every day. So the segue into this as well as we, I think, I don't know, maybe in the first couple of weeks, we talked about games we've played way, put too many hours into. So... This is the team, right? So, and I'll just tell you the name and what level. So, Fiona coming in at fifth place in I Puma Pants on level 165. Well done, uh, Fiona. <laughs> Next, you've got uh, yours truly, Fergie Mon, on level 848. Oh. You don't. You don't need to clap every single one. Yeah, I was going to hold, hold it for the number one. Maybe, but. Uh, Next thing we've got Dad in position three. He's level one thousand and thirty-eight. In down. second what? position oh we've gosh. got Pud, level seventeen hundred and fifty-six. And now oh. number one in the Hamilton family of team Sandy is Sham. Takes it away. Sandy takes it away. And maybe have a guess. What level do you think Mum might be on in this uh, working again? Well, she, she's, she's at ten k. She's at the ten k giveaway for sure. She's at level 9,728. <laughs> so she's been fully addicted to this game for, for years. And I'm pretty sure she's putting someone at Word Connect their kids through college because, I don't know, they're probably going into work every day just to make new levels for my mum. So shout out to Puma Pants and the team and Word Connect, which is a lot it. of fun. And mm-hmm. it's it's not a bad game. It's got ads in it. You can pay to get coins, but it's sort of done in a way if you you know those games the ad will come up and if you yeah. watch it you get some bonuses and you know you hit go on the ad and then you just look at it and do something else so it's it's pretty unforgiving in that sense but yeah it's a bit of fun and um yeah the whole team's playing all right word connect well done all right uh, next uh, we've got simon what do you what do you got for us what uh, what mobile game can you not live without well, I've lived without it for a while, but one I couldn't live without when I first got my iPhone was a cute little game called Tiny Wings. Have you, anybody ever played this game? Tiny. Were you waiting for a sound bite? I was waiting for a sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Tiny, tiny Wings. Yeah, I know Tiny, I know tiny T- Wings. Tiny Wings. What This game just, um, it's not like it's reinventing the wheel or anything, but you just play as a little bird. 
Mm. And you've got to try and like the, the bird's trying to fly and you basically, it will jump off and swoop through hills. And the more momentum you get, the more like the more hills you can go through and you've got to pick when you dive to be able to catch the right slope and everything. Um, and it's just a really catchy loop and hook for a game that is, I think, for mobile, it's perfect because it's just, that's all it is. And that's okay. And you just want to get as far as you can get and, and do the best that you can. And it's literally one of those games that you can pick up for a few minutes and put away. And I think that's the essence of what makes a really good mobile game. And that's why it's probably one of my top picks just because it. when I used to play mobile games a bit in my breaks and stuff at, at, um, at you know acting school and whatever, that would just be the one that would you know, give me that moment of just kind of concentration and focus and, and fun. And then you could leave it alone. It's not like you had to have daily challenges where oh, I'm going to come back tomorrow because I need to make sure I can, you know, get X amount of coins for this. It was none of that. It was two bucks and away you go. You just have fun. And that was, and I think that was just so mint. <laughs> it was just a good way for mobile gaming to really take off. And I think it's the epitome of what it should be, you know. So, yeah, that's all I really had to say about Tiny Wings. Well, t- Tiny Wings, this is for you. Love you, Tiny Wings. Casey, what do you got? What do you got for us? Well, my game is actually a game that you told me about many a, many a year ago, Joel, called Ooh. Plague Inc. Mm. Plague Inc. Yeah. All right, yeah. Or Plague right. Incorporated. Tell us, tell us about Plague Inc. for those who oh, haven't played man. it. Oh, man. This game, it says it was released in 2012. It's a real-time strategy simulation game where you have to infect the entire world with a plague and kill everyone. bit topical these days, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, it's just the, the entire game is just a map of the world and you start off by infecting a country. You kind of need to be really sneaky about it and spreading the disease before people realise what's actually happening and... You know, to do this, you have to, you know, try and unlock, unlock, you know, carrying it in birds, carrying it in rats, on planes, in boats, etc. And you can try and strengthen your virus early on. So when inevitably it will get discovered, your scientists have really hard time, not your scientists, the scientists, the bad guys, <laughs> the humans, have a hard time of actually um, curing this virus. So it just you have to just kill everyone. And that's the game. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty cool game, actually. Like you can you can it's great. You unlock uh, different evolutions for your virus, so you can evolve infectivity. Uh, you can evolve yeah. severity symptoms. So is it is it mild or does it you know kill someone as soon as they're infected? And then yeah, different protections against you know being yeah. Being able it's to got be it's got sort of a mild story a story arc throughout it as well, and you can choose different kinds of brutalities of the virus. You know, easy, medium, or difficult for it as well. And yeah, I loved it. I just went crazy with it. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. But then it kind of got a little bit too overwhelming after a while. There's too many, you know, micro, not microtransactions, but too much sort of DLC, I guess, you know, different kinds of viruses, like stupid things like vampires and this and that and this and that. It just yeah. got a bit too too convoluted. I like the kind of um, basicness of it. But, you know, now and then I'll pick it up and give it another play. Every, every now and then I, I played it full stop, like, not full stop, full on, 
for ages and now I sort of do it every now and then. But we actually have a board game here. I don't know. It's not out. It's, um, no, that's it's... Chris's board game. <laughs> I've never given it back to me. I do I this hope he's not listening. Oh, shout out to uh, Chris Ghetto Gilbertson. Uh, that's Chris Ghetto Gilbertson. Here we have his... <laughs> Simo's <laughs> yeah, got your board game still. Board game. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, you know, Plague is is one of these games that's, for as long as I can remember, it's always sort of in the top 10 paid apps on the Apple App Store. Yeah. Um, you know, people people must still really love it, you know. Um, it's great. It's so simple. The, the, the idea is so simple and it's just literally a map of the world. That's it. But it's so complex in terms of, you know, getting delving into the actual virus and different mm. ways to transmit it. You know, yeah, I, I, I've always loved that game, and I've always been going back to it. So yeah, thank you, Joel. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, no there's a P- PC version of Plague as well. I'm not too sure if they're related. I'm assuming they probably yeah, are, but um, yeah, it was released for PC on Steam. I'm pretty sure. I'm surprised you haven't seen it, Sultan. Yeah, you. I have seen it, but I've never played it. Um, as soon as you said you Plague, I'm like, like, I'm pretty sure I've seen that on PC and. Yeah, it's well-reviewed. I'm just looking at the Steam page as well. It's got a 94% all-time review percentage score, which is unbelievable. So, good? And yeah. in fact, uh, a little bit of trivia for you. The the American um, Department for Disease Control, the Center, the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, mm-hmm. use this game as a training aid for, for some of their um, staff. So wow, wow, you're kidding. About, you know, how diseases <laughs> spread and all that sort of thing. So I'm practically a scientist now then. <laughs> practically. <laughs> I'll tell you that one. So where, where were you when yeah. coronavirus was kicking off? Uh, C- I Mac? know. Hiding. <laughs> I'm very surprised they didn't do the coronavirus DLC. Yeah, don't, I don't think it's too close to home. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I'd like to give an honourable mention to another couple of games as well, another couple of mobile games. So uh, from 2009 uh, by PopCap Games, Plants vs. Zombies. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, yes. if, I don't know if uh, you know the rest of the DG crew have played it, but what a great game. Mm-hmm. What yeah. a you know, unique... You told me about this one too. Yeah, unique concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've got all these different... Uh, plants that you can sort of plant that are able to attack or defend against a, a rampaging zombie horde uh, that's trying to sort of break into your house and uh, brilliant plants mm. versus zombies 2 though um, you get consigned to the sin bin shame uh, and it's because <laughs> plants versus zombies 2 went absolutely ballistic on the in-app purchases mm. nearly every plant worth having was you know eight bucks each mm. you know to buy just to oh. use them in the game it was nah fuck you uh <laughs> pop cap games for trying to uh mm. yeah fleece fleece your your loving fans uh to the extent that you have in plants versus zombies 2 um, the other one that I really like uh, from Activision Blizzard is Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. What a fucking perler, Hearthstone. Well done. So Hearthstone, for those who don't know, it's it's a game where you do player versus player and you're playing cards from a, from a deck against one another and each card has... A certain number of health and it requires a certain number of mana to to use 
and you've got all these different characters i'm presuming they're all from like the world of warcraft sort of uh world where you've got you know orcs humans elves paladins mm-hmm. you've got you know dwarves and mechs and all these different classes and it sounds a bit overwhelming but when you start playing and you go through the tutorials and that it's really easy to learn and so fun mm. so fun so hearthstone bloody pearler of a game and you can also get it on uh, steam and yeah on, no, oh not on steam it's on uh, yeah blizzard. through the blizzard launch or whatever that the is the blizzard yeah. store so um yeah if you haven't played hearthstone it's free to download, but then, you know, to buy extra packs of cards yeah. and unlock certain campaigns and stuff, you have to pay. But it's not too heavy on the on the in-app purchase. Like, you can play the game and not spend money and yeah. still have a bloody good still time. Still have a good time, yep. And I, I think I even bought one or two of the campaigns to play through and mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed it. It was worth the money. Yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah, honourable mention to you, Hearthstone. So, now... Now it's time for us to open up the Hall of Shame. Mm. Time to name and shame the fucking games that we've played on mobile that, uh, you know, deserve a kick up the ass from <laughs> from us here at The Descending Gamer. So uh, I've got a few on my list, um, but uh, I-, I won't kick it off uh, uh, I'm thinking, Ferg. Do you want to get? You want to yeah. lead off on the Hall of Shame? I can. I can lead off on the Hall of Shame. <clears throat> um, you guys may remember there was this. There was a golden period of mobile gaming. I think the first. I think the iPhone came out in Australia in 2008, and there was a period from about 2008, end of 2008 to 2000, maybe 12, 13, where there was games getting released like Angry Birds. Games that I played a lot of, Tiny Towers, Pocket Planes. And these were games, yeah. These were games that you would part with a couple of dollars. And for a couple of dollars, you could get the first Angry Birds game. Maybe, I can't remember how many levels it had. Maybe it had 100 levels. Then they would make Angry Birds 2 and you'd pay a couple of dollars and you'd get another 100 levels. And that's how all the games operated. Um, You've already mentioned one before, Simon. But I'm thinking like games like Doodle Jump. Um, there were so mm, so game. many, yeah, tiny wing, all these great games that you just for a couple bucks you could get a couple hundred levels, and that was amazing. And then there was a shift. Then they started thinking, why don't we just make the games free and we'll just start slowly milking money? And that happened around that 2013 to today. And so every game that's come out on mobile in the last 10 years is the worst game that ever happened because they are all riddled with this microtransaction crap, which I absolutely hate. Shame! <laughs> so, I don't have a specific game. I've got every game that's come out since about 2012. They're all shit. Any oh, game that's okay. got microtransactions, any game that has all the stuff where, you know, I picked up Angry Birds maybe a year or something ago to see what kind of state it was in and it, they're all the same. You buy it, you get the game for free and every day you get a certain amount of, I don't know, goes or levels you can play. And you either wait until the next day or you wait a certain period of time or you spend your actual money to play the game quicker. And it's just, yeah, i got no time for it. And that's why, I mean, I haven't really played any mobile games very rarely in the last 10 years because they're all the same. And I don't know, I'd rather just not. But there was those three three years where it was just bliss. 
And another one that I played a lot of, I'll give that one a, a honourable mention as well, was a game called Tiny Tower. That did have some pay-to-play stuff in it, but you didn't have to. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They, all these, There was just this awesome, unbelievable time, and those days are gone. And since then, they can all just, I don't know, end up in the bin. I hate that. <laughs> I hate it! <laughs> all right. So, they're all shit, Joel, is what I'm saying. From 2012 to today... All no good. All <laughs> fucked. All right. Brilliant. Well, I, I want to talk about a very particular type of um, of mobile game. And I, th- I think it deserves its own little sub-genre of, of gaming. And uh, I call it the Grind Builder. Mm. So this is a game where the premise is you start off and you've got to build a base. And you start off with all these little blank spots everywhere where certain buildings are going to go. You've got like your main castle, fortress, headquarters, whatever you want to call it. They've all got a different name for it, but it's all the same shit. And then you've got to, you know, build your resource gathering, you know, structures. So, you know, uh, in some games you might be gathering, you know, wood, stone, oil. Some games like... uh, the ants underground kingdom you're gathering you know mushrooms water and sand and you know shit like this but anyway <laughs> as, as you start off most of the structures that you build uh, you know they, they have a timer mm. and so you start building it and it'll say oh this building will be ready in five minutes and it'll slowly count down and once it gets below a certain threshold you can complete it for free you know mm. and so you start off and you can sort of get your base up and running at a pretty basic level pretty quickly and then you know oh you you got to build the armory and oh the barracks and you've got to fucking build the 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 clan fucking headquarters so you can build alliances with other fucking players and and it goes what on and on bombs there james <laughs> oh look I, these games fucking shit me to tears mm. and like before long, you're upgrading your headquarters, and it says, "Oh, this this will be ready in six days, nineteen mm. hours, thirty minutes," and you're just like, "I, yeah. I can't be fucked." I'll, or I've spend lost. four dollars to get it done now, yeah. kind of thing. Or that, yeah, they've got yeah. some sort of premium in-game currency that you can purchase and and you know build it instantaneously. And when you work out, you know, it's it's usually oh well. For one hundred and fifty nine ninety nine, we'll give you a thousand, you know, diamonds that you can use to, you know, and and to upgrade your, your building one level, it's like five hundred diamonds. You're like fucking hell! It's like seventy bucks just to instantaneously upgrade my my headquarters. You can Crazy. jam that up your fucking ass. It reminds me of the um, Simpsons game. Did you ever play the Simpsons? I can't remember what it was called. I think it was yeah. called Tapping. Tapped some, out. Yeah, tapped out, and that was the same thing. Yes. Yep. Another another grind builder. They've all got a premium currency that you got to you know purchase if you want to speed things along. Most of them have you know several classes of warriors, uh, like a like a a basic sort of hand to hand combat person, a ranged sort of uh, you know archer or machine gunner mm. or sniper or whatever, and then you know like a like a tank sort of character that's got a shield or. You know, and and you've got to go in there, and and then those characters need to be leveled up. So every time you level up your bloody 
your barracks or whatever. Oh, well, you can level up all the characters that the barracks build, and that takes another fucking six weeks to level up each each of your different classes of character, you know? And then uh, it, it forces you to join an alliance with all of these fucking no-hopers out there who've got nothing better to do with their time than spend, you know, every waking hour playing this fucking game and... There'll always be some tosser at the fucking head of your alliance that wants you to be online. Oh, everyone's got to be online between 6 and fucking, you know, between 6 p.m. and, and 12 a.m. and fucking, you know, do raids on this, you know, giant fucking mushroom. You know, it's just like, nah, get fucked. I'm not interested. And any game that I download that has these, these building mechanics, I, I just fucking delete them now. So... Uh, going under the bus are the following grind builders. I've got Clash of Clans, Reign of Empires, The Ants, Underground Kingdom, uh, State of Survival, um, Ebony, The King's Return. There is just so many of these games out there that all yeah. operate with the same mechanics. And so many of them try and trick you into downloading the game thinking that it's something that's not one of these <laughs> and state of survival is the is one of the most classic you you get absolutely bombarded with ads for state of survival no matter what game you're playing on mobile and all the ads show this this really dynamic game where the players like building a base and then I'm expanding out my fences and it's like more like you're playing like command and conquer or something and you oh you know I've got to quickly build this you know, enlarge that fence. I've got to dig a trench so I yeah. can bring water in and water my crops and fucking this and that. <laughs> and then you get into it and it's like, nah, I've got to, I've got to build a farm and it's going to take, you know, eight weeks for it to finish building. Unless you pay to spend unless, it up. Unless I pay $160 to, to buy some fucking, you know, premium survival dollars where I can do it. And you know what? State of survival. You can you can go and fuck off. The ball's hardened. Same. I Ebony- don't even know what the limit is for f words in an episode, but that is. <laughs> I think I record. can't even say another one. Faster emotional damage. Emotional limit. Damage. Yeah, I know. That's uh, emotional damage level five thousand. Well, boom. Yeah. The next one is Ebony. The King's Return. <laughs> so the, all the ads for this show, like like a like a guy who's like a, a, a knight or a warrior or something and he's standing there and there's a treasure and then there's some traps and shit that you got to get through to get to the treasure and there's usually like a minotaur standing there with a giant axe and then there's like a thing of water and then a thing of lava and so you've got to try and work out which pins to pull out to drop the lava on mm. the minotaur and kill him mm. and you know in typical mobile gaming fashion all the ads show you some utterly incompetent fuckwit playing the game <laughs> who's deliberately pulling out all the pins in the wrong order yeah, and yeah. then and then the you know your character walks in there and just gets sliced in half by the minotaur and you know and then it comes up like you fail in giant red letters or something or can you do better and it's like I can but I don't want to because your game's a piece of shit and I'm not I'm not ever fucking playing it so Ebony the King's Return Shame. Shame. JB's fired up this week. I'm sitting across across the table from Joel, and I'm just wiping the saliva off my off my face here. He's oh, really mate. spitting. 
oh. venom on some of these games here. I'm in the firing line. And look, the, fi- the final one I've got to throw under the bus. <laughs> There's more. Royal Match. Now, you've probably seen the ads for this one too. The ads show it's like a Candy Crush style match three, you know, items and, you know, they disappear. And all the ads show you uh, this this king that's that's in all these different scenarios where where he's in some sort of a trap, and you've got to match these things as quickly as possible to try and rescue him, you know. And it'll be the the blocks are slowly rising, and it'll be they're they're, they're switching off a valve that's pumping water onto a fire that that he's slowly getting burnt by, or it's. Uh, He's stuck underwater and trying to get out of a tunnel, and you've got to match the thing so that he can get up and get air. the The actual game doesn't have any of these fucking traps in it. Like I, I played through about fifty <laughs> levels of it, didn't have one single trap that I had to rescue the king from. It was just a stock standard Candy Crush fucking rip off, and it was boring as shit. So Royal Match, you can go and get fucked. The ball's hardened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, look, I, you know, it's funny because the, the mobile gaming landscape, is, as Ferg said, past a certain point has not been good ever. But th- mm. I think there is an uh, one thing that we really, before we do anything else, need to touch on, and that is mobile games that are based off of console games so mobile games (laughs) mobile games that give you a virtual joystick Mm. to play with and try and get you know like get shoot them up games and things like that have you ever tried to play gta 3 or whatever on your mobile it's like it's like banging your head against a brick yeah, Fortnite on mobile yeah. it's like banging your head against a brick wall and, and just like you you do it once and you kind of go well i'm never doing that again and yet there are so many games that will utilize this mechanic there are so many times where i was just itching to play a sonic game and they were on my phone and i was like oh i'll give it a go and it was the worst experience of my life why do they do this give you this virtual joystick on the screen mm. takes up <laughs> it takes up half the screen. You can't see what you're doing. It's terrible. Why do they do this? Stop doing this. Yeah, stop it's doing bad. this. Those I don't want a virtual bad. joystick. It's fucked. Mm. Virtual, yeah. virtual joysticks ass into the ass. It's, it's, yeah, it's not good. But you know, we, we're sitting here saying about how much we dislike it and our disdain for the mobile sort of gaming landscape. But it is so lucrative. The amount of money yeah. that is generated out of this this thing that you know we're sitting here saying how much we hate it it's it's an absolute juggernaut. I mean, Diablo Immortal came out. Oh, I think I can't remember how long ago. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and they're sort of saying how much money they netted in the first couple of weeks. It's insane. It's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So there's people play, not only playing these games but are happy to part with their money on the daily. In order to play them, it's it, it baffles me a bit, but I don't know. It, it's a huge market, and it's just it's probably only going to get worse because they're just tapping into. If people are going to part with their cash to play these mind-numbing games, which don't really offer anything that terribly exciting, then they're, they're just going to milk it for all it's worth. So it's mm. a bit it's a bit sad that they've, like I said at the beginning, they've moved away from you give us a couple bucks and this is what you get to, you know, 
we'll just chuck something out there and every day we'll just try to bait you know your credit card details and just cipher as much money out of as you can and, and design games in a way that is is that exact reason like as joel was saying these these build them games <laughs> you start Shame. off and at the beginning it's it's great Shame. it only takes five minutes for a building to get built and then as you slowly get hooked into it then it gets longer and longer and then you start in your own head you're like oh man oh maybe maybe i'll just spend a couple of dollars just to speed this up and then when you get to that point you're either spending your money or you're just like, nah, I can't do this. And a lot of people are like, well, I'm coming this far and I'm enjoying it. And, you know, Simpsons is great. If you love Simpsons, then you're going to play that game and, you know, probably going to spend your money if you're really invested in the game and think it's good. Another classic uh, move that they, they love to employ in the grind builder is they'll give you the the resources to have one structure being built at a time. Mm. But if you want to build two structures at a time or upgrade two structures at a time you got to buy a second builder you know mm. and that's usually like a five or six dollar purchase oh, on its own and then it's like God. oh you know now i can build and upgrade two structures at a time so instead of it taking you know eight weeks for one structure to upgrade now <laughs> uh, now i can upgrade two structures in eight weeks instead mm. you know jam it up your fucking ass <laughs> these, <laughs> these companies that do this it Oh, it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> Fuck you and your your apps, all of them. <laughs> well, there we go. For the last week, uh, we went from three listens to two because of Xenoblade Chronicles. I think we've gone from two to one now for all the mobile gamers. Well, <laughs> That's a joke, by the way, mobile gamers wouldn't listen to our show because they're nah. basic bitches. Okay, well, the, you had it here first. Emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, does, uh, does anyone else have another app that they want to throw under the bus or, or another genre of apps that they want to throw under the bus? Um, here's one I want to throw under the bus. Mario Kart Tour. Well, mm. okay. Shamer! That's all I'm going to say. Again, <laughs> virtual joystick. Again, um, lots of money wanting to be thrown at that game. Not worth it. It's no. good for about five minutes. All right. Leave well, that okay. one off the to play list. Mario. Put, take that, put that into the, <laughs> the shit yeah. on list. All right. Mario Kart to her. The ball's hard. Shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I think my rant probably went on sufficiently yeah, long. That's so we- that's uh, about all we got time for this week on the Descending Game. the episode, James. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Sorry, I got a bit of out of hand there. Uh, we could have stopped when I said every game, every mobile game after 2012. Yeah, well, that, that would pretty much called sum it, it then. Up. <laughs> summed uh, it up. Summed it up. Well, thank you for listening to the Descending Gamer <laughs> podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank my co-hosts, uh, the DG crew. We've got the Sultan of Steam, Prince of Pre-orders, uh, Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thanks. thanks, thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And uh, also, we've got the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. We've got Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thanks, Steely. Thank you so much, Joel. Always remember, lick it before you slip it. I I always do, mate, uh, which is a creepy thing for me to say when I'm married to your sister. Um, And uh, finally, I'd like to say thanks to you, the Nintendo Queen, Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Thanks, Casey. (laughs) 
Okay, well. Oh, God. If you want to reach out to us, we're on all the socials. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can send us an email, but please, please don't. Not after this week. Jesus Christ. I, I hate to see what's going to be sitting in our inbox. And uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. See ya. The ball's hard. <laughs>